Everybody, welcome to another installment of Show to Be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of early Austin, the show of Dripping Springs Vodka, the show of Texacello. Today's amazing guests are Gary and Dee Kelleher of Empresario Spirits. Gary founded Dripping Springs Vodka way back in the day, and Dee works with Paula at Texacello. Paula's orange, Paula's lemon, Paula's grapefruit. And today we're here talking to this couple who has been together over 40 years. We talk about the early days of Austin, but I get to try the new Martine liqueur from Gary. It is a honeysuckle liqueur that is enlivened with honey, certain spices and herbs just taste fresh and taste of nature, especially apropos as fall is upon us. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoyed this chat with Gary and Dee Kelleher. bartender in Austin and oh, man. taught that's her to bartend and that's how we met. That's how my Bart. parents met. Is that right? My mom was a really? cocktail waitress. Yeah. Uh, now he was married at the time. Different story. Different, different story. story right? yeah. I was yeah, married was at the time. Really? Yeah. True story. Oh, that's, that's amazing. That's yeah. true. But yeah. it, there's, is it yeah. something, D, is it something about a guy with power and a shaker? Is there something attractive mm. about that? It's a good story. Say it or not. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think I married the most interesting guy in the little suburb where I was. Yeah. I didn't somehow have the imagination to figure out how to get out of there. Yeah. And um, that really wasn't what I'd hoped it would be. And then I met uh, kind of a more interesting guy. Who that was would, it, That Gary? would be me. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was another guy. <laughs> a pilot or something came into the car. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, so how, so how were you, you guys weren't, now you weren't like reporting to him, you're just working alongside each other, right? Uh, there was probably some stuff that HR, if we their place had had HR, might have. Uh, there was a little. At. There was a little period of overlap, probably. Really? Know? Yeah, because you know I taught. I was teaching you to bartend, and then it's then after we, I don't know, worked a shift together. <laughs> it's like, hey, uh, do you like to listen to blues? It's like, yeah, I like to listen to blues. Oh, amazing! Well, there's this place called. Well, yeah, yeah I've already been band. there. Oh. <laughs> so anyway, so um, so we went out, and um, within about fifteen minutes, we were living together, and within about thirty-five minutes, we were married. That's amazing, and uh, it's still going on. Mm-hmm. So it's been pretty much fun. That's yeah. cool. That so yeah. you know, booze rips people apart a lot of the time. Booze does. Yeah, wouldn't you say it, like... It has some history of doing that, no it, question. Absolutely, yeah, right, 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 right? Whether it's self-deprecation yeah. as an artist yeah. or whether it's yeah. just philandering. Yeah. You know, I mean, this stuff yeah. kind of happens. Right. It sounds like you guys have accomplished a lot of creative stuff. You have a family. You know, yeah. you have these amazing family of products. Yeah. Has it... Has booze ever gotten the way... Does that make it ever more difficult being in a relationship? Both being in that industry? I think we're mindful. Yeah. You know? Um, um, I had good examples in my family growing up of how not to drink. Yeah. And, um, uh, Gary grew up, um, I remember I was a little bit astounded that his family had rules about drinking. It's like you drink before dinner, uh-huh. maybe wine with dinner, no drinking after. Really? Whereas it was kind of, you know, a little bit 24 seven in my family. So, what, so what, you know, what, all right, what kind of, same with my, my grandparents, my yeah. mom kind of stopped drinking after she had me seeing her, what her future might look like, you know, yeah. <laughs> scotch at 70 and, and stuff, you know, what, uh, what, what's the background? Are they German, Italian? A good drinking culture? Or? Well, actually, um, my dad was um, German-English. Mm. And um, my mom's family's Irish, and that oh, was good drinking. Good drinking. The, yeah. the drinking that I saw there was, um, it was lovely cocktail hour. Yeah. Um, so it was good. But I, th- I think another thing that informed us was that um, when when we met, we got married in 1976, wow. you know, I mean, drinking actually wasn't that cool. Really? No, I mean... What was cool? 
Um, I mean, because stuff changes. Right? Uh, yeah, other things, you know. Blues, obviously, uh, right? Yeah, Blues. you know, drugs. Drugs. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, we're, yeah. And so, <laughs> it's easy rider days. I mean, that's really yeah. <laughs> And so we were working in a bar, and it was, you know, I think a fairly nice bar, but, you know, we saw a lot of tedious behavior. Yeah. I, you know, when you're, you know, when you're bartending, you love your customers, sort of, mainly, right. and you take care of them, but I didn't want to be them. And so I think it was a combination of it was the 70s. It wasn't that cool to drink. Um, And um, I think that's a really interesting thing. You know, I I, my hollow knowledge of the 70s because I wasn't around. Right. Like I always thought that a fun time. I hear it was good. It was was a lot of uh, film movements and a lot of group music. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of stuff happening. I, I'm envious of that respect. The Beatles had broken up, so right, at least I missed that right. that part of it. But it's the, I always thought drinking was cool. Not yeah. because I wanted to romanticize it, but mm-hmm. that's not really how it was. And that actually, yeah. would you not say that that was maybe a dark time for cocktails, just in general? Um. Well, what's wrong with the Colorado Bulldog, the Harvey <laughs> Wallbanger, <laughs> yeah. and that one and, and million... And the strawberry daiquiri. Yeah, for the strawberry daiquiris. <laughs> So, I mean, it was where I came in. Yeah. You know. Right. It's where you walked in. So that's, there's some nostalgia there always, right? It's like the first album you ever buy, even if it's bad. Right. Even if it's bad. Yeah. And you grow from there. Yeah. (laughs) Your taste elevates, right? Yeah. Amazing. I mean, it's a really interesting time in speaking with plenty of people around this industry. And we always talk about, when we talk about the chronology. Yeah. Like pre-prohibition, post-prohibition. Yeah. So we didn't, we didn't know from, I mean, I, well, actually Gary, Gary went to bartender school. Oh, really? Um, I went to the first bartender school in Texas at the first during the first session at exactly the point that uh, liquor by the drink had passed in Texas. There wasn't liquor by the drink. Wait, what was there before it? There private the, clubs, private, private clubs, clubs like they only did in Dallas. Were, liquor lockers, yeah. those kinds uh, of things. Yeah. That's Ooh. historically that's what there were. So there was no liquor by the drink. Yeah. So the TABC code changed in 1972. There was liquor by the drink. Bartending school opened. Of course, I had been bartending sort of my whole life up to that point. Yeah. A different story. But, any, <laughs> but, but anyway, um, the bunk comes out next summer. Uh, yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Wait for it. Yeah. Um, so went to the first session of the first bartending school yeah turned 21 moved to austin got a bartending job like and within a short period of time because i'd been studying it a long time i was teaching bartending really yeah Yeah. that's right yeah right right so it was uh, we i was literally just at the very beginning of being able to buy liquor by the drink in the state of texas that's amazing yeah so it was because a lot of us were you know we're in the present we don't realize right. what it took to get to get here. Right. And right. when we get to the distillery talk, it's easier for me than it was for you <laughs> in 2007, right? So True story. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's got to be profoundly. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, so, so Gary, um, when, um, say, something like Ramos Gin Fizz comes up, yeah. which, you know, it's, it's a difficult drink, mm-hmm. let's face it. So, um, you know, he, if I'm like, oh, man, we, whatever we need to try to do, but he, he's like, well, when I was in bartending school, I actually made one that was good. And he really? knows the history of it. And he, so, I mean, it's not exactly like having a degree in classics from Harvard, yeah. but, but I mean, he, but that's, he, he lived it. He yeah. did. He does have a little, a little more background for sure than in the seventies, yeah. than most of the people that, that I knew. And um, he was fairly rigorous as the bar manager. Mm-hmm. Um, we we free poured, but we had frequent um, free pour tests. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So you know, so to this day, if I watch someone free pour, I'm like counting and thinking, no, just, <laughs> my God, that's all wrong. So. Well, so you know, this gosh, I mean, there's opened so many doors of, of things to talk about the wild seventies, the drinking culture, but ultimately let's let's contrast it so obviously the cocktail resurgence is at a in terms of being lucrative anyway yeah is in a massive huge emergence yeah places all over the place you can get a manhattan at applebee's i mean what the hell is happening right but right (laughs) but how do you guys feel about seeing this kind of hearkening back to classic cocktails and even stuff you talk about the harvard wallbanger that's coming back too like how does it feel to see 
really is it aligns with having a distillery, having these great products in the cores of Paul and stuff. How do you feel about that culture just rising and kind of really, really growing in the United States? I think it's great. I think it's fabulous. I'm yeah. so excited by it. You know, I mean, I when I say that I was a bartender a long time before as a bartender, I actually was. Yeah. You know, I mean, this was in our household, which was which was different. You know, there was there was cocktail hour, and I was the one making the cocktails. Yeah. You know, I mean, as a kid, sure. right? And you know, my family would have parties, and I was the one bartending when I was eleven. They thought it was you know, cute. They thought, <laughs> yeah. they thought it was cute. <laughs> you know. It doesn't bruise my martini. Keep going, Gary. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so and I, you know, I grew up studying bar books as a kid. You know, I when I was. Seven. Yeah, his dad had a, this great collection. My father had an incredible collection yeah. of liquor. He was also a wine collector. And he had some really good, some of the early cocktail books, too. And some fabulous early cocktail books. And, you know, this was sort of something that I grew up being fascinated by. Wow. And and actually on the, not quite the distilling side, but, you know, I made my first batch of hard apple cider when I, I was know. seven. You know, true story. Yeah. And it's like I was just so fascinated by it. That's incredible. Though. Yeah, and you know, I just You're sort a savant, of continued to Gary. want to, to his, want to do that. It his was, liver, I think, is fine. I mean, it's yeah, you look healthy, not yellow at all. <laughs> From right? the age, Gee, of, thanks. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that really gives me pause. You know? <laughs> From the age of seven. Yeah, that's well, that's and incredible. It, but because maybe, it, well, maybe did you? When was the first time you can remember tasting alcohol? Which that's a whole different experience than finding it interesting. Well, I can remember having a taste of wine when I was five. Yeah. And I can remember having a beer mm-hmm. when I was seven. Um, and so was that, um, was, uh, I could see your parents giving you a taste of wine. A taste of wine. But no one gave you a beer and this no, was no, very, the, 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 the beer was at a party and it was a hot Lone Star. It was not a good experience. Oh, <laughs> right. oh I chugged in my dad's beer, I think, uh, when right, I was around right, that right. same. Yeah. Oh my and then I passed yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, right. right, right. Yeah. Isn't funny, that yeah. cute? He's asleep. Well, I, I recall somehow, even though I was passed out drunk as a kid, right, right. <laughs> seven years old, yeah. uh, my, my dad getting braided by my mom. Like, what the hell were you doing? Where did you leave that beer out? It's so, great she memories. knew. She knew. Yeah, she totally yeah, knew. Yeah. Well, so as you're kind of, you, you guys meet and you get married shortly thereafter. Mm-hmm. Do you both maintain kind of careers in the food and the the beverage industry at that point? Always, always. Actually, yeah, we've we always been in food and beverage. Just actually, pretty much all I've ever done. Yeah, I um, I stayed home with kids for ten years. Yeah, and um, um, then I actually had a little bit. Um, I went to work at a call center that was very near my house. Oh, really? So they let me work about 20 hours a week and um, employed about 200 people. So that's my experience with working for a big company. Yeah, yeah. And um, What did you think? Um, well, they were really good to me. Um, they let me kind of create projects and write a few job descriptions. and So they, yeah. they really gave me a lot of scope. It was really good for someone coming back into the into the job field but it was it was um yeah it was really interesting to see in the corporate world you know there was a nice contrast yeah there was a person who never did any work but somehow always got you know and and moved up the ladder yeah and then the whole the whole thing it's like it doesn't matter what our department does as long as we can throw another department under the bus right you know it was so it was so you lot it was really valuable corporate lesson it was really interesting yeah well entrepreneurs well i mean i think it helped me understand the way the world works yeah you know because in restaurants the restaurants and bars we worked in, um, it was pretty much we just had to get this done, right. and we worked as a team. And you know, um, I have friends now that I made forty years ago wow. because we were dealing in with restaurants, right? We were we dealing with do. the yeah. drunks and the craziness, and you know, we were all doing our best to to do our best to make it work. So, so it was really interesting in this little company that had two hundred people to to see that. People had different motives when they went into work. Well, it's nice because it's different. You know, we yeah. were talking about my how I moonlight, and mm-hmm. the industry is different. People mm-hmm. are different. They're more cordial. Their yeah. job is to be people. People. Yeah. And now we get a lot of egoists. Right. Yeah. Which right. happens, you know. Sure. I mean, I d- you're the most humble guy. That's probably one of the most educated in cocktail knowledge, Gary. And you're just you're just a dude. Oh, you're not, shucks. You know. <laughs> well, no, but that's the thing. You know, sometimes like this new wave of 
people there's a it's different yeah i think it's, it's different well i think that um in um the mixology world right now you know there's a real moment and mm-hmm. it is a real opportunity for a lot of people to um build reputations and be superstars mm-hmm. and i mean you mm-hmm. know so so that opportunity is there so those people might be in the industry anyway right but it's a chance for them maybe to express a, themselves in a way that they wouldn't otherwise have a chance to yeah. so so going kind of along this journey, you've been in Austin all this time, it sounds like. What are some of the places, Gary, that you've worked at, perhaps that we might have heard of or have died years ago? <laughs> well, most of them are gone. It's been such a long time. Now, where we met was a restaurant called Lock, Stock, and Barrel. Okay. Lock, Stock, and Barrel was on Anderson Lane. It's now Cover 3, right? Oh, no kidding, right yeah, there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that, and that was the farthest north point of Austin <laughs> at that time. That That's was a, shocking to be over here right now. Isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was the end of civilization as, as we knew it. Yeah. So, so that that is where we met and worked there for several years. And I, you know, learned actually all aspects of the restaurant industry working there because you know started out in the bar and bar manager yeah. and general manager and and it was it was actually a great education because lock stock and barrel yeah. <laughs> did everything sure. i mean we you know i booked bands did catering you know did lunch and dinner you know did two full bars i mean you know it was it was a full sort of scale operation yeah. how long were you there overall five yeah. years five so years, huh? yeah so i learned a lot about the the restaurant industry there, and after that, um, D went to work at Mike and Charlie's, right? Mike and, and Charlie's. What uh, what kind of spot was that? Well, we talked about Mike it and Charlie's was bit. on Thirty Fourth Street, and um, it was um, it was a great place. Um, and there's a uh, that place had a lot of legs. So um, Mike Young um, was the Mike of Mike and Charlie's, mm-hmm. and he started, um, well, the first place I ever had pate and I liked it was an Italian place oh. he did later called Gianni's. Some of those people later opened Ves- Vespaia. Vespaia, okay. Um, and, I mean, there are people, I mean, we're older now, but, but you know, 15 years ago there were restaurants all over town that kind of came from there. Wow. Um, he went on to open Chewy's later. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Right. That was a good thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> things are getting economically. Right. It worked yeah. pretty well, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jeez. And um, his his partner in that had the Capital Oyster Bar, which in the seventies was kind of an important place at yeah. Lavaca, like Lavaca and Fifteenth. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, so right. I mean, kind of really old school Austin. But that's cool to see because, like, for me, even even though I've been here a while, I still haven't been. I haven't seen Austin transform that much compared to what you guys have seen. Yeah, you know, and to see. Well, this is where fine dining, or this was where modern cuisine kind of yeah. built up from. That's an amazing mm-hmm. thing yeah. to hear. About. Mike and Charlie's um, did some some really good innovative things in in their kitchen, um, for sure. I mean, that was the first place I had anything resembling fajitas. Yeah, you know, um, and taco salad and ceviche, and um, which is all the which, which always, sounds so you know it's passe basic, right? at this point. Yeah, right? yeah. we're so you we're, we're too educated now. We get to, we have such great stuff. Good oh cocktails, yeah, good food. You know, right. yeah. It's a, it's so it's in, it's incredible. So you, the food scene then also in addition to the cocktail scene, do you even recognize it anymore? Well, you know, we actually left Austin in around 1989, oh, okay. and we lived in DFW for about. 18 years oh wow okay. yeah, yeah. so we left so we back. so gotcha. we missed we missed a couple of generations yeah. you know of what restaurants. took you to dfw or back to dfw um well we um decided to have a family i see yeah. and and austin was the retirement community for young adults uh-huh. and we thought maybe we should go ahead and and go be actual adults for <laughs> i mean it was a kind of a remove yeah. ourselves from one situation for a little while and yeah that makes sense yeah uh, and you know and also be near extended family because yeah we planned my to family have, was there planned to have kids yeah, yeah and, my sisters know, and i were having babies yeah they were there you know and, they were all there yeah so it's, like, well, it's nice to keep should, it a community we should, right? we should go yeah. yeah we should go be part of that so 18 years wow it's a long time still yeah. in the industry there Gary? yep 
Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, gosh, DFW is profoundly different now too, I imagine. Fort Worth especially, right? Yeah, yeah, it's profoundly different. So... So what then brought you, brought you, you said this nice 18 year stint, yeah. D's doing the kids thing. Was that around the 10 years you said you were staying at home? And, yeah, yeah, I had gone, I was working at the call center. Okay. But, you know, okay. Um, um, it was good. Well, Gary just had this brainstorm. Um, it was, Storm, that's good. I thought yeah. it was going to be called something else. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah right, right, right. It was kind of time for us to start thinking about, I don't know, possibly we need to send children to college someday or something. Yeah. He said, hey. I'm gonna go make vodka in the hill country, and that's what that I, was the idea. That was I, it. I thought that, that was, it. was like, simple enough, I guess. Right? It was like, okay, well, uh, we're about to have kids go to college. Let's uh, just cash in everything and leave and go start a business. That's, that's amazing. But why? Yeah, and Dee was like, really? <laughs> I didn't like for a little bit, and then she was like, oh, okay, okay. all right, because Fine. you know. It, We've always been, well, this sounds like an adventure. Let's go do that. Yeah. Okay, let's go do that. Yeah. Did you guys travel around a lot? Um, either post-kids, pre-kids? Not. Uh, you know, we had a few trips to we, we've had, We've had you know, Europe. some European trips yeah. and around. Well, but, you guys seem like, but we've always ooh. been in Texas. Yeah. You know, either here or there. But uh, The hill country, though, I mean, it's beautiful. Okay, right. so, we, so this is what we know about the hill country. Right. It's right, beautiful. Right. Pretty secluded. Yep. It smells pretty good. Yeah. Typically. Yeah, 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 good air. So why why good the water. Hill? Good water. Oh, good point. Good water. Right. Is that were those the kind of attributes that you said ah, yeah, this yeah. is why the hill Yeah, absolutely. Work? Yeah. I mean and Well, the, we always wanted to come back to Yeah, Boston. no, no, the feeling yeah. always, We'd always planned was. always to. Yeah, the feeling always was. Okay, we're going to go here, go back to the frozen north. Yeah. You know, and have children and We didn't know, actually plan it. Well, it but sort, it of, sort happened. of happened. But anyway, we did it. We did it. <laughs> you guys so. said that in unison, mind yeah, you. Was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but the plan was always, <laughs> you know, Austin's really home. We need to go back to Austin yeah. as soon as we can go back to Austin. So, you know, the kids were sort of getting, you know, No, there was no rhyme or reason to it. Gary no, 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 like, no. They, 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 well, they weren't. You know, what was children that? anymore? Right. I mean, there yeah. were there were teenagers, so it's not so it's too like, bad to pull them out of school if if you have to or whatnot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, we just need to go do this. We but, need to get back to Austin. This is a great way. We'll just start this business, right? You know, well, what was we, there's only one Texas vodka right this minute, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> it's, at the moment, because we're talking, this is roughly 2006, 2007. Yeah, 2005. 2005. Yeah. We decided let's go do this. But I wonder, yeah. I, I still, that moment where you think about that. You guys asked me this before the mics were on. I was like, well, why booze? How'd you get into it? Like, huh, good question. You know, and you think about the moment. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, either I drank too much. Like, you know, it'd be good. You know, it'd be really cool. <laughs> right, right. But like for you, what, how did, did you wake up from a dream? Did you have a cocktail with somebody? Why vodka? <laughs> uh, well, you know, the thing is, is that I had actually been, nobody else is going to hear this, right? <laughs> I, I had been illegally distilling in my garage for statute of limitations. You're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for a very long time. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, for a very long time. So you know, I thought, you know, I really want to make spirits. I've always wanted to make yeah. spirits. You what, know? what were you making for a wash? Were you using sugar, corn, what kind of stuff? Uh, wheat, barley, rye, corn. Uh-huh. I, I, you know, I sort of tried everything. Yeah. We really. had, um, we, I had. I had these serious bugs in the kitchen, uh-huh. you know, and I'm like, why do I have uh, stuff in my flour? Yeah. Why do I? <laughs> I'm like, and Gary's no, like, no. Uh, <laughs> no, I went out there and it's like, oh, they're weevils in the grain. <laughs> oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> right. Well, that's, okay. I mean, that's a pretty good way to cut your teeth on it, working with multiple grains. Yes. Was it, yeah. What, what interests you, it takes a real special kind of guy. To want to understand fermentation mm-hmm. and to understand distillation mm-hmm. and the various types of fermentation. Right. What, right. Was it f- something about the scientific process? Was it the food element to it? What exactly draws you? You know, that? it was all of the above. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've always been fascinated, you know, with it since, you know, that first batch of hard cider. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you, better, you better go back to your Aunt Catherine. Well, yeah, if you go all the way back to my Aunt Catherine, so my this was actually my great, great aunt. actually my great aunt yeah. Catherine. So Catherine was an emigre, came from Russia. Okay, and um, th- sh- her family 
made vodka for the Tsar of Russia before the Russian Revolution. Oh, True story. Wow. True okay. story. And she told me all these stories of, and we made the vodka, and it was fabulous, and it was this, and it was that, as, as you know, very, as yeah, a right, very young yeah. child, right. And I was just so blown away by it. And I thought, you know, one day I've got to do that. It's that in is, your blood. That is the coolest thing. One day I've got to do that. Wow. And, you know, it took a few decades to get there. But, sure, of course. But, you know, but eventually uh, what happened was, this is what spurred it. I don't know, even know if we've talked about this. Your Aunt Mary, yeah, came in and brought a bottle of Tito's of vodka. I think she gave her. you that for Christmas. Oh, she you? gave it to me for Christmas. Yeah. You know, and it's like somebody's making spirits in Texas. Yeah. So it can be done. You know, I mean, this is very early. Right? Oh, of course, it can yeah. be done. So, you know, it got the wheels turning. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, it wasn't, it was like about a year after that. But that's but, what it yeah. takes, right? That yeah. One, that one meal, that one record, that one person. Right. You say, like, okay, now yeah. I've got a mile mark. Now yeah, I've got yeah, set, there's somebody who's doing it. It's, it can be done. Yeah. It this can be viable. done. You know, uh, uh, Texas vodka is not an oxymoron. Yeah. You know, so. Wow. So I'd been playing with it in the garage and playing with it, and, you know, I had all these different batches and doing these different blends. And, you know, I said, we just need to do this. Let's just, you know, cash out 401k, you know, just just go do it. All in. Yeah, Yeah. of course. And uh, we did. It it took a lot longer than anticipated. Sure. How long did you think it was going to take going into it? I thought, you know, I'd been playing with it for so long, I thought, you know, I mean, I will have this thing to market in six months. Oh, yeah, I was dreaming. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I was dreaming. Right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and he 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 was wanted to set up and in, in, to distill in Austin. I wanted to distill in and Austin. I don't know, you know, whether I don't know where your distillery is. We're on South Austin. Yeah. Okay. Actually, in Travis County. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, it's not so, an easy proposition. No. In I Travis mean, County, it's he not couldn't an easy get, proposition. He, no. You know, he had the space leased and built out, and he could never get permitted. So that oh, man. really slowed right. it down. Yeah. But, I mean, we love Austin because it's, you know. It's home, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And because I, I think that uh, Austin is awesome because it's difficult to do a lot of things, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, Which so protects it. We're not going to tear that down. We're not going to do this. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Which There's is not, great. That's the problem with it. And and yeah, that's the good thing about it. it and the yeah. bad thing. So depending on sure. what side you're on, you yeah. know, you like it. That's yeah. a great point. But if, you know, you're trying to open up a distillery <laughs> and they're like, you know, okay. Did well, you, what did you have in that spot? Did you have the stills already in there, your tanks and everything? I, I had everything in the spot. Oh the the space, gosh. the space was actually by um, Independence Brewery. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, right. Okay. So it was right there. And, you know, I, Absolutely, I couldn't get it done. Oh, I couldn't yeah. get it done. So, okay, well, you know, and now you need to build these chambers around each of your stills, and then you need to do this, and just then you fire need to stuff, do that. right? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But it just went on and on and on and on. Right. So after a while, I mean, I always thought the hill country's it. Sure. You know, I always thought the hill country's it. So after a while, it's just like made dri- sense. Dripping Springs. Yeah. Okay. Let's How were they there. with it? Fantastic. The county was, it was totally un- unbelievable. I went to the and ca- they're still pretty friendly. Oh, oh no, no, they're I'm fantastic. A, yeah. So I went to the county commissioner, and I said, you know, here's what I want to do. Tell me what the hoops are yeah, that I have yeah. to jump through. What things do I have to do in order to do this? And the guy said, well, bring me a bottle after you're finished making. <laughs> <laughs> and I said. Done. Easiest deal of the century. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, uh, so we moved into the space and got it, uh, got it up and cranked. But it took two years. Two years. So, two thousand five, you come back. You got everything set up in the spot that can't get licensed because Travis right. County. But right. even though Travis County's lovely, yes, we love it. Lovely, we love it. Yeah. Of course. But we, we live here. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. See? Exactly. We're it's in home. Travis County it's right home. now. Even if it seems yeah. like Williamson is Travis. Yeah. You know. I know. I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so this two year process. This mm-hmm. dream is just, it's kind of slipping, but then it's kind of revitalizing. At right. the end of that process, mm-hmm. how relieved were you to finally have that first bottle after waiting two years, legitimate, 2007, you have Dripping Spring. It was amazing. Vodka. It was absolutely amazing. The, you know, the other thing, the other part of the story that was just so incredible, I mean, so much of it is, okay, I think we make good vodka. Yeah. But there's so much luck involved in the success of anything, of any business. So we 
went in to talk to our distributor, mm. our NDC, and we talked with the person. We, we The first guy we met with was a guy named Jay Johnson. And he said, hmm, okay, well, this is really interesting. I think you might have something here. Mm-hmm. So I want you to go over and down the hall and talk to this guy named Bud Luckett. And so we went in and talked to Bud. This is my brother and I because it's a little family business. Yeah, okay. My younger brother and I and my older brother put in some money. You know, parents put in a little bit of money, just a family yeah, yeah. a family deal. So, But my younger brother and I, Kevin, we were the ones who – were the operator, right. right? And he didn't know the industry at all. So did he, you, he, you did because you'd been. No, there. I did, oh, yeah, but he sure. didn't. Yeah, you know, he hadn't. He didn't come from restaurants. He, he, didn't, he didn't come, come from, from restaurants, restaurants at all. Okay. But but he thought, oh, well, this is kind of interesting. So he came in with me. Yeah. you know, and so we met this guy named Bud Luckett. He was at, at Republic National Distributing. You know, went down the hall, sat and talked to him, mm. and he said, uh, "Hmm, well, this is interesting. I, you know, I think that the first thing you ought to do." Is we need to set you up an appointment with um, with David Jabor, who has Twin Liquors, because he's going to be one of your, you know, somebody yeah, who you're going to need to know. Sure. I said, okay, bud, that's great, thank you. So we later found out. So he got us an appointment with Dave, mm-hmm. and who was great, and uh, David actually named the vodka. Oh, really? Yes. So he what was, did you bring into Republic? What we brought in, what we brought into him, which is actually a fairly harebrained idea we went went in and the name of the company that we formed in 2005 was san luis spirits right and so we thought there's a you know there's a lot of lore around san luis you know st louis the patron saint distillers etc etc no true (laughs) true story and actually gary's younger brother had been living in and he had been living in san luis obispo so we thought okay well you know just sort of have a saint on our side yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it can't hurt you anymore. No. Right, right. Well, not, yeah, not in Texas anyway. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, we took in this, this mock-up bottle with, you know, San Luis Vodka, right? right? And he looked at it and he said, well, that's kind of dumb. <laughs> that sounds like a tequila. Oh, it's, good point. And it's yeah. like, Thank you, Dave. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Dave, you're right. So, <laughs> well, where do you make it? So, we make in Dripping Springs. Why don't you call it Dripping Springs Vodka? It was sort of like, duh, <laughs> duh. <laughs> right? So no kickback, so no licensing. Uh, no, 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 none of that. It's like that first one's free, Gary. The first one's free, right? <laughs> yeah. So we named it Dripping Springs Vodka. He gave gave it the name, and we later found out that that Bud Luckett was the guy who turned down Tito. Oh, really? Right. Because that's their, with Glazer still, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. with Glazer. So. Yeah. So and Tito he was, was he just was starting. dedicated to the success of Dripping Springs. Right. Yeah, and so He's Tito like, Tito was just starting to take off yeah. and do really well. So you know, no one in his company would let him live it down. Right. right? So it's like, oh, okay. Well, we need ours. We it's need the ours. Stones Beatles thing. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You know exactly. <laughs> it is. I don't exactly. Know which one you are? Which one would you be? The Stones or the Beatles? Stones. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so so that was. Some luck. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was nothing but luck. That's amazing. You know, well, you know, a, a thing that about um, the Dripping Springs name that was lucky that we didn't know going in, but I was so surprised when we um, were doing events early on, is that so many people in Texas knew Dripping Springs. Mm-hmm. They'd been to a Willie's picnic there, oh, yeah. or they used to drive through it all the time Got on their to way it. to Fredericksburg, or they had an aunt there, or, I mean, it was... It was really so remarkable at the beginning. We um, we did the Texas Restaurant Association mm-hmm. annual food show, the Texas Package Store Association. And um, so this was early before people had heard of it. And, I mean, I swear seven out of ten people would say, oh, my God, Dripping Springs. And oh, they, wow. they had some connection, you know, that. And, of course, Dripping Springs has got a lot more population oh, now. It now, was yeah. teensy. Yeah. It was yeah, teensy. Yeah. But um, that was a real piece of luck yeah, that like, here was right, 1,400 right people. How can everybody know yeah. where this place is? This doesn't matter. Or, Somehow or feel have connected a relative to it. It's just, yeah, it was yeah. a very, very it odd was, thing. Um, but, but there was there some was, sort of resonance in the cause. And it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was, that was, I think that was really fortunate for us. And yeah. that just, where yeah. did that well, come from? Well, it's like an, an amazing series of fortuitous events. It was. I love yeah. how that's how life yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. You meet someone at some point, you talk to somebody randomly, and then you marry them. You know, it's like, <laughs> right. stuff like that. And it's just, it's lovely because yeah. it shapes yeah. 
you're live. Yeah. And so now we're talking, man, we're eight, nine years in operation now. Mm-hmm. You've got Dripping Springs Vodka. You have, there's two, how many flavors, Dripping Springs? One flavor. We orange. have the orange. Orange, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we just have the orange. And then you have the Dripping Made Springs. Made with real orange with peels. Okay. <laughs> Which, I imagine there's some shared knowledge there coming into the Apollo's thing here in a second, but... But yeah, so the orange, and then you have the Dripping Springs gin, but there's mm-hmm. another gin coming out? I there's another gin, which is Dripping Springs traditional gin, which yeah. is more of a London dry. At yeah. 47. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? higher yep. proof. Yep. Like Tanqueray. Right. We get yep. that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We have, we have, there's actually another vodka in the line. The 1876. 1876. Yeah. Yeah. What was the thinking yeah. there in having the flagship product and then the second second version of it? Yeah, you know, the, the thought was really to have you know it's like what do you need another vodka for right Right. so there was so much interest coming to us about having a vodka that was well priced that they Uh, could afford to put in their well but still be a texas brand right because there were none at that time that that were you know within a, a price range that was what a lot of commercial folks wanted to pay yeah absolutely you know so we came out with that one you know and the interesting thing about that particular product is that the difference is just the water. It's the water process. Really? That's it. We The distillation it's process the is the same, but because the, the spring water that we use for dripping springs has a much different profile mm-hmm. because it's mineral rich yeah right, right. you can feel you know, the minerals in the so th- where whereas the water that we're using for 1876 is reverse osmosis RO, yeah. it's ro it's a little bit thinner it's thinner so it has a cleaner sort of a profile and is less expensive to make sure. because it's not using you know the the hill country right, right, right. artesian water so we could sell it for less money and have a very similar profile, but cleaner and more of a mixable kind of a yeah, that makes sense. Kind of a product. I think it's a it's, really different, a different it, vodka. It, it, it's it's a different I, vodka. You know, I same think proof, dripping, though, right? Same proof. With 80, yeah. Yeah. Same I think proof. dripping springs has a lot more um, uh, recognizable character. Yeah. Because of the water, a lot of dynamic to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah. just really feel the softness of the minerals. And um, 1876 is more like is it like the sky? Vodka, it's one of those. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. How about crisp and light? Yes, yeah. yeah. more yeah. crisp, yeah, more yeah. light, definitely. Instead of yeah, I get that. I yeah. definitely get that. I mean, water yeah. is a massive component of tequila. Well, good tequila, yeah. bourbon, right. absolutely right. bourbon. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so at this point, then do when did, obviously you're learning a lot along this process of like this is what not to do or this is what you can't do mm-hmm. here's some luck so here's some lessons learned right. when did you get involved with Paulus um Texachella yeah um so we um have, were friends have been friends with Paula Angerstein who yeah. founded Paula's and um, she actually came to market just a little bit before okay. Gary did. Yeah, yeah, she was the second distiller in Texas one, two, after Tito, and we were three. That's amazing. Yeah, or Dripping um, Springs was three, San yeah. Luis yeah. Spirits. Three. So, so she'd had a good year. Um, when did 2013. We, yeah, so she'd had a good year, 2013. She was profitable. Um, things were tick-tocking along for her. But um, she never actually was crazy about the business. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it she loved, the creative part. Of course. And, um, but just a lot of the nuts and bolts of it she wasn't crazy about. And um, so she called Gary and said, you know, I think I, I, I really think I want to sell it, and mm-hmm. I think this is a good time to because yeah, profitable. I'm profitable. And um, Gary, in the meantime, had uh, some products he'd been working on that weren't really going to be a good fit for Dripping Springs, okay. probably. Okay. Yeah. And so um, we talked about it, and we thought, Heck, we'll we'll buy it. And right. Paula is still a part of the business. Yeah. Um, she does kind of what she wants to. It's you know more creative capacity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and um, and uh, Gary thought this would be a good venue for launching products that weren't going to be sure. Dripping Springs products. So yeah. at this different point, different genre, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So at this point, Dripping Springs hadn't launched the gin yet. That was kind of on the table. Yeah, so yeah. that was going to happen there, but. Um, um, so we went ahead and bought it and, um, it's a sweet brand, you know, Um, almost literally. 
Yeah. You literally. Dry, literally. Yeah. 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 With, yeah. with the gins and the vodka. Yeah, we're working with sugar now. Yeah. 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 A, I mean, that's an amazing thing. Yeah. yeah. So now, you know, you've got your hand in two really impressive pies. So you have, at that point, just the Paula's orange, right? Mm-hmm. Did you guys make a lemon? Paula's orange and lemon, and lemon yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Orange yeah. Lemon, so yeah. the lemon, um, she'd come out with the lemon um, about a year after the orange came yeah. out. Yeah. And then the mm-hmm. now you have the third, the Trinity. So mm-hmm. your orange, your lemon, and your grapefruit, which mm-hmm. right. just launched. Yeah. Probably all Texas grapefruits and all yep. that. In, right. That kind of gives it the appeal and it gives it that color, that amazing mm-hmm. pinkish hue. And so you're, Gary, you got the gin online and all of this. And so you've extended the family. You've mm-hmm. diversified your portfolio. <laughs> so whose idea is it now to expand yet again and form Empresario? Uh, well, you know, it was, uh, I mean, obviously we're in business together, so we make these decisions sure. together. But the... When we first bought into the Paula's mm-hmm. Paula's company, uh, <clears throat> we, you know, our our thought was okay. This is a great platform for creative for coming out with new products, sure. Three D Martini and many yeah. future products yet to come. Yeah, which we're, we this I've been sipping this Martini and it's it. I, I want to talk about it. We'll okay, no, that's fine for There's sure. A, yeah. A, anyway. Uh, but we didn't have a sales force. I yeah. mean, it was just us, right? Paula's was a really tiny brand. Yeah, tiny yeah. brand, tiny brand. We had, anyway. yeah, it was the two of us and one employee. Yeah. Chris Roberts, who has been with her since 2006, wow. and he's made it and he's peeled every piece of fruit. I mean, the guy's amazing, yeah. you know, and he's a classically trained chef and he's just so committed to it. So, but it was just the, us. It was yeah. just the three of us. So we thought, you know, I mean, we know that if you're going to grow something, you got to have some sales force That's out right. there. So uh, Pepe Zavada of mm-hmm. Z Tequila was also an old friend of ours. No kidding. And, yeah. And oh, he, uh, before you guys went to Fort Worth or after? Uh, no, after. Okay. After, okay. after we came yeah, back. Once we came back. Yeah, yeah. One, once, we're in the once we came back. Because we I don't were, think he was here then. He wasn't in, in Austin he until came, he came the in, late 90s. He came in. 90s. No, oh, no, not until yeah, after we came back. Yeah. Okay. Right. So um, he was, a, you know, he's a great friend, and we had talked about different ways to try to create products and go into business okay. together. It never quite worked out. So he had a sales force, mm. and so we said, "Well, how about if we do some sort of a loose agreement where we use your salespeople and yeah, share you know, the resources, share the yeah. resources, and you know, if you're going to make margaritas in Texas, you got to." Good tequila and you got an orange. Total integration. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Absolutely. So we did that for uh, for about a year. And then at the end of that time, uh, the folks on the Z Tequila side said, you know, why don't we put this together and put make, a ring on it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Make yeah. this into something. Yeah, I think they really wanted Gary to be the operator for oh, that. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, which is which is a nice, nice thing to be considered for that. Sure. Uh, so we put them, put it together and made Empresario. Yeah. Uh, that was on Texas Independence Day 2015. Oh, amazing. Okay, on purpose. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> okay. And then uh, 30 days later, we brought on Republic Spirit Blends, the non-alcoholic mixers. Yeah. Then 30 days after that, we brought on Republic Tequila, which the founder of that is Tom Nall, another old friend of ours. Wow. So we thought, okay, well, let's bring all these folks together and keep them all in the company. Sure, sure. You know, and and just have a company where we have all of these founders who are representing their brands, but we're sharing resources and we're doing this Some economies of of scale. Some economies, but, you know, we're kind of making this miniature Texas Spirits house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at One of the only ones I can think of. Well, maybe one other now that that you know of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we actually were the first one to sort of do all of those things yeah. and within one house to, you know, you distill and you import and you create and Everything. you market and you sort of do all of those nuts. things. Yeah, do the whole thing. So, and it uh, is a wonderful place for me personally to be from a creative standpoint because, right. okay, you know, if I have an idea and that idea fits San Luis, I have some place for it Who's to gonna be stop placed. Who's going to stop an outlet? Yeah. And if that idea doesn't fit over here, we have Impresario, and here's a place where that can sure. go. So You're like a record producer. 
Republic Tequila. Yeah. So we and we, she's bilingual. Oh, she yeah. So so we already yeah. have yeah. you know this this wonderful um, knowledge bank, and she's a lovely person That's too. But I mean, it's such a fortunate thing. And yeah. you know, the other day we were. It wasn't the the easiest or the cleanest. Uh, merger with Republic Tequila, there yeah. was a lot of stuff I that bet, was yeah. lost. And so, you know, RNDC needed something. I said, oh, my gosh, what's the weight and dimension of this case? Let's go weigh it. And yeah. she says, wait a minute, she I have that. It, from, yeah. It's like it's, you know. <laughs> you have to. <laughs> I still have the files from <laughs> 10 years ago. It's good. I mean, it sounds like you guys have built an amazing team, lots of different talent and lots of different areas, and that you can accomplish anything. And the thing that you've accomplished <laughs> lately is I feel a much a departure in it, the best of ways in a branding sense with the new liqueur, which is a honeysuckle liqueur mm-hmm. called Martine. So it's out there on Instagram. I saw it. I haven't seen mm-hmm. it retail. You guys are like, it's finally right. getting some momentum. But you got to tell me because I tasted this and I'm getting these deep, rich caramel notes, deep, mm-hmm. rich honey notes, mm-hmm. this honeysuckle, which is kind of pastoral, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know that I've tasted anything tasted anything like that. What what was, like, conceptually, how did this idea come about? Growing up in Texas, you know, our home is surrounded by honeysuckle, yeah. right? So it just has this wonderful bouquet you pluck the flowers you you pull out the stem so you had that experience i've done that yeah Yeah. you you take you taste the honey oh it's so good it's to me it's so evocative Mm -hmm. of summertime and home freedom and calm and discovery yeah we used to be able to stay out till after dark you know yeah (laughs) (laughs) right you know, it just has all these wonderful elements sure. about it. And, um, you know, a floral liqueur, there's a place for it. I mean, sure. clearly there's a place for it in mixology today. Absolutely. What did we say today? We're in the age of St. Germain. We're in the age of St. Germain. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. opened up a lot of... It's opened up, you know, sure. I mean, they're just, they're, you know, in the mixology world, everyone is looking for new things mm-hmm. for different things and and uh you know so this is just a flavor that a flavor concept sure that i had from the sweet memories yeah you pulled uh, it from the history book. i pulled yeah. it from the history book and um so i started playing with things and uh worked on the recipe I actually worked on the recipe for a very long time yeah so it, it was it's five been a year, long time now. So, so honeysuckle has to be a, an amazing, like the root component here, right? Honeysuckle, honeysuckle blossoms. Yeah. It, it, I, I will say that as the first honeysuckle liqueur uh, in, yeah. in the world, have to be, have to keep the family secret as to all of the ingredients. Oh, sure, I sure. would say, but, but yes, uh, honeysuckle blossoms. Um, there are fresh fruits and. Including orange, lovely, su- lovely supporting elements. Then supporting you know? elements. Yeah. There are a whole um, grouping of botanicals, yeah. including vanilla bean. Um, so there is actually some um, orange blossom honey in I it. I can tell it's right. I don't think there's anybody that couldn't drink. You know, if they, right. it opened a door where it's like, I want to, I got some ice cream downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> I just kind of right. pour it atop that, you know? Yeah. This is, yeah. This is a, a delight, you know, you know oh, topped okay. with some rosé or something, like just some bubbly, like you have this yeah. amazing kind of spritzer cocktail. Yeah. Honey yeah. spritzer. Hey, there yeah. We go, right? yeah, I like it. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. so how did like the tea, it. now, honeysuckle, in terms of food, isn't a big ingredient. People don't use it in food very often. It's not. No, it's not a big ingredient at all. So, so distiller to distiller... Playing with it for a long time, it was it was a bit difficult at first, you know, to coax it out. You know, was it something they generally recognize as safe, as you know? Yes, it's not poisonous if that's what you mean. Sure, but they've got this list, right? Yeah, not on the list. Yeah, because that's the I mean, being the first of anything, that's a pain in the ass. (laughs) No question. No question. Come on, white guys making some Yeah. 
that conversation is it's a very downhill one from day one you right know? Uh, eventually i can imagine you get to a place yeah. where it's like all right we understand each other kind so of so did anybody else make so tall not in, in not, this not in the state not not in the state oh, so interesting. Um, they will regulate it in mexico mm-hmm. right but nobody right. outside of america oh yeah right and it's not protected outside so that's something yeah. right that's something yeah well so this is is it made its way into retail yet you're saying it's kind of trickling it, in, right? It 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 is. It should be going out into retail by next week. Oh, man. yeah. Our distillers picked it up, cool. and um, we our re- distributor. I mean, our, yeah, our distributor. RNDC, we're the RNDC distiller. RNDC um, yeah, and um, Twin is going to bring it in, and Specs yeah. is going to bring it in, and so Gary's been out visiting the chains. That's amazing. Um, yeah. South Lamar Wine and Spirits actually brought in some bottles already. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. What so, is the retail on it? Twenty nine ninety nine is a suggested retail for seven fifty. Right? For seven fifty, yeah. and it's and it only comes on seven fifty. Got it. And it's, it's forty proof around twenty percent. Forty proof, forty proof, twenty percent ABV. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's yeah. an interesting concoction. So it's one. It's an interesting yeah. first off, right? Yeah, which pulls you in, and then you get these more familiar flavors, and that's uh-huh. how you pull them in for good. Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I hope so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I hope somebody aside from the three of us in this room He's like it. Reading yeah. this like a know. book. <laughs> <laughs> what is the ideal? And I've got pl- all this ideas rushing through my head. Right. Supplement right. in a French seventy-five anywhere. So right. Oh yeah, is, right. Yeah. It's What's nice your, with gin. I, oh, I bet. Yeah, it's fabulous Some with gin. Yeah, fabulous with your gin. How will they think? Yeah, yeah, and uh, it is marvelous with whiskey. Oh, I didn't even marvelous think that. with bourbon. You could use it uh, as in a an gold old rush, kind of an old fashioned or gold rush. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. right. It is. It, it's that's it, a it's brilliant one, it's, thing. It's yeah. wonderful with rye. We have a cocktail that's called a Martine Laveau, which mm-hmm. a rip on which a sazer. It's a very. It's like a sazer. Yeah, back, you know. Uh, and yeah, it's it's great with tequila. Oh, I bet we have a lovely drink called a Coma La Flor. Which uh, is with a, it's like a margarita. So it's it's somewhat like, like a know. margarita. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it has lime, it has martini, and it has reposado tequila. Sounds perfect. Uh, and it's very, 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 very nice. But the the martini cocktail, the yeah. titled me, yeah. the titled martini cocktail, is uh, martini mm-hmm. and Sauvignon Blanc. Oh, nice. That's it. Twist of lemon. That's it. That's perfect. That's yeah. the whole yeah. thing. That's very simple. What I was ho- like, simple, tasting. elegant. You know, it's yeah. really you know, it's really craveable. I mean, I do That's find a, yeah. myself making one when I get home. From it's work. unctuous. Yeah, because like, <laughs> it's, it's it's both herbaceous and desserty. Yeah, you yeah. know, so it's like. Yeah. And I think that the citrus in uh, in Sauvignon Blanc is really nice. Yeah, you I mean, need we, some crispness. I think. Yeah, that's right, absolutely. right to balance. Yeah, yeah. 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 What's well, I mean, I. I I can't wait to, to see it out there and kind of play with it myself because we've got plenty of stuff downstairs. Yeah. The bourbon, the gold rush, then it just hit me. Some lemon juice. That's smart. That's yeah, a good one. It's a per, you That's know, a good perfect, one. right? Because yeah. it is honey-ish yeah. anyway. Yeah. You know, but just that extra element of elegance to it, mm-hmm. which is really brilliant. Well, I have to say that I'm really excited to see what people are going to do with it. That's, you yeah. know, I mean, it's... it's New technology. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. really. see, see where they go with it, where they innovate. Yeah. Well, since... 2007, so we're almost coming up on 10 years in this mm-hmm. industry. The, now, the, boo, the booze making industry, you've been yeah, in. Yeah. Supplier side. There we go. The supplier, supplier side. side. There you there go. go. Yeah. Yeah. Technically. Yeah. Yeah. Technically. <laughs> so, things have really changed in the distilling realm. Let's not even talk about what's going on in New York or what's going on yeah. in Denver, or rather yeah. Colorado, yeah. Texas, right? So, mm-hmm. we entered in 2013. It's different now in 16 than it was 13. Mm-hmm. And it's most definitely different from 2013 from 2007. Yeah. How do what do you, what do you feel about all of this growth? How do you feel about it? people getting into the industry, new people every month? I think it's great. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. I think that I can't say that uh, as someone who is early in this mm-hmm. young industry here, number in Texas, three. Yeah, this is, I can't say that that I really ever had trepidation about the growth of the industry. Yeah, I always thought this is great. This is this is what we should be doing in Texas. We should be doing so much more sure. of this. Texas should be a distilling mecca. I agree. Well, and, everybody thinks whiskey 
is Texan anyway. You know, I mean, which if is you, so it, strange. Yeah, yeah no. If you if you go to <laughs> Japan, it's like they think it came from uh, Texas. Yeah, I think people <laughs> right. think Crown Royal is from here. Well, it's <laughs> that's it's a different story. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Right. No, no. I think it's marvelous. I think it's fantastic. What I think you? the more the more growth, the more creativity, the more entries, the more right. camaraderie, the more yeah. learning. I think it's all great. Well, you you create better consumers that are more empowered, more active and they yeah. just understand things which i think is a yeah. lovely piece of it which yeah. then creates a better conversation for jen creates mm-hmm. a better conversation for even this could be considered an, a pair of thief you know mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. there's just that's a great thing mm-hmm. the one thing though that i'm concerned about and i wonder how you feel about it mm-hmm. there is almost rather there is only so much literally so much retail space mm-hmm. there's got to be a point in which there is no more space there are too many labels. Yeah. So, you know, the um, a lot of people have the business model that they will have do tours mm-hmm. and sell cocktails and bottles at their distillery. Sure, sure. And I think that a lot of business plans are written that way. That way now, yeah. And, and so I think Which some of... Which enables a lot of folks to be in the business. Yeah, I think yeah. some of those people so aren't going to have such a presence... Um, say in um, the liquor stores i mean i think probably they would like to but i think that there are business plans written that that don't really include that as it's almost like a bar if you think about it It a a bar that produces yeah Yeah. that's an interesting thing and i i've because i got into with the mindset that we're going to make this thing Mm -hmm. really in a lot of cases for on premise move Mm -hmm. through that and -hmm. then some retail presence you Mm -hmm. know and you make products accordingly, really. You talk, mm-hmm. Gary, you talk about 1876. This is diversifying your strategy for your products. Mm-hmm. Dripping Springs is the flagship product that is, re- I, I imagine, mm-hmm. most of the sales mm-hmm. are off-premise, you know, like for in uh, retail. Or is it mostly on-premise? The Dripping Springs? Yeah. Yeah, no, the vast majority is retail. So yeah, you that's what, what I'm thinking. It's yeah. like 70. Yeah, but 1876, the split. On-premise, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the yeah. split is sort of the other way. So you you knew what you yeah. were doing. It's like right. here's one demographic people. I've I can attest to it, having mm-hmm. done many tastings and watching mm-hmm. people grand, grab yeah. handle of handle mm-hmm. serpent springs like that stuff moves out the door. Mm-hmm. And then 1876, I was just at Snooze mm-hmm. this weekend, had a mm-hmm. lovely brunch, and mm-hmm. 1876 just it decorates the mm-hmm. whole back wall. You know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I can see the the strategy is paying off and. Do you? This would be the the last question for you. I get some sometimes, and I haven't met Tito. Been in the same room a couple times mm-hmm. with him and stuff. He kind of started this mm-hmm. this movement in Texas, and even really, if you think about it, probably nationally, yeah. with exception of maybe St. George and, and right. uh-huh. some things. Right. right. But sometimes it sounds like he's a little bit. He wants some credit for it, mm-hmm. right? He wants to be the dude known for mm-hmm. it, which is not why you do this. Though. But it doesn't right. sound like that for you, for you, Gary. Do you want to make sure your place in the history books of distilling in Texas that you're you're one of the guys, you're one of the four founders, or does it even matter to you? You know, actually, it frankly, it's good marketing, but yeah. it's but it's not hugely important to me. Doesn't pay the bills, does it? Well, but not only that, but I like doing what's fun and what's creative. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and as long as I can keep doing that, to me, that's much, much more important. Yeah. I mean, you know, gee, if somebody says, oh, yeah, well, he was this, that, that's great. Right. That's great, but but I don't think that uh, that necessarily I need to have that yeah. accolade because that's I guess it's a personality thing. It's not what drives me. Yeah, it's a, it's you're a well-read guy. You have a lot of experience, and it's really been a pleasure getting to know Dee and Gary. You both and getting to hear this story, and it's like sometimes when you don't know where a brand comes from, you may you might buy something else, right? Mm-hmm. But I think, and I hope, when people hear how in cadence you guys are as a married couple of over <laughs> 40 years, you're saying terrible. that, you know, they're going to say, like, these guys are really great. I want to party with these guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I think that that's where I'm at right now. And I really couldn't imagine spending another hour with anybody else having a great time. And Martina is really lovely. I keep on doing the great work. We've got the great fruit liqueur and obviously these other gins coming out with Tribute Springs. It's been a pleasure talking to you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Well, there we have it. What do you guys think of Dee and Gary? Are they not the most amazing married couple in the industry? They've 
been through so much. They've seen Austin transform. And just based on this dream of the hill country and the water, Gary founded Dripping Springs Vodka. He is one of the founders of distilling and craft distilling in Texas. It's blown up 25-fold, 50-fold, and he's been there to see it all go down. So it's amazing to hear the tale of how he's crafted such amazing spirits. Up to this most recent entry, Martine, the honeysuckle liqueur that is simply delicious. It's perfect with a dry white wine, a little bit of bitters, or even as we kind of mentioned, it might work with your bourbon. So thank you, Dee and Gary, for spending some time with me. I've learned so much, and it is inspiring to see the love is still ringing on. So thanks, everybody, for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter what you're thinking about drinking in form of wine as you watch the Halloween marathon on AMC Fright Fest, or if you're going to think that Halloween 3 is the best movie of the series, please keep dancing. <laughs>